guys. Welcome back to another episode of More Than a Podcast. It's your host, James. And as always, here to give you guys more of the greatness. So let's just jump right in. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about a lot of different things. We're going to talk about your happy holiday and how you spent Thanksgiving. We're also going to talk about that amazing turkey and the different ways that it can be prepared. I also want to talk about my reinvigorated senses for Google Stadia. Hmm, interesting. Also want to talk a little bit about Call of Duty and whether it's still the game that it was yesterday. And lastly, want to talk about whether we'll ever see another Silent Hill. So let's jump right in. Um, so first and foremost, I want to wish everyone a very happy holiday. Um, I know that by the time a lot of you hear this, the holidays are over and that's okay. You know, hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving if you celebrate. Uh, If you went out on Friday, hopefully you were safe in your uh, ability to grab what deals you could. And if uh, you're still kind of celebrating and getting happy, uh, hopefully you have a very good uh, Cyber Monday, which even though we'll still will be at work uh, for those of us who um, are fortunate to be, you know, in the working environment, um, you know, there's still going to be those deals that we're going to be watching out for uh, on our computer when our supervisors aren't looking. So, yeah, hopefully you get what you want. <laughs> um, but with that said, uh, again, yeah, happy holidays. And, you know, it's really funny because as I sit and I enjoy uh, turkey on Thanksgiving because it's like a staple and it's not it's not a necessity, but definitely in my household, uh, turkey is like the thing. Um, I actually have a friend who. Um, she prepares Cornish hens as opposed to turkey. I know some people who uh, do chicken, you know, and that's, you know, how, however you uh, enjoy your holiday, as long as you enjoy it with family, friends or in a point of reflection, you know, by yourself, if that's, you know, the journey that you're taking, you know, whatever works for you. And just as long as you're just enjoying your time. So um, but, you know, like when it comes to turkey, when it comes to turkey for me, you know, I traditionally just have regular turkey, just baked turkey in the oven done for a super long time. Because um, like to me, turkey is something that can be messed up pretty easily. Um, you know, it it is definitely one of those foods that every every moment that you put into it counts, you know, and you can't rush turkey ever to be done you know you rush it and it becomes a nightmare so um but i was asking uh in a poll online about the different ways people enjoy to have their turkey now i again i personally have really had only the baked uh variety i have had smoked turkey which i do enjoy uh, fried turkey is not something that's ever come on my radar. And I think mostly because I am concerned with the safety of preparing fried turkeys. I know, you know, so many people, especially in this social media climate, believe that, you know, they are DIY, you know, gurus and they're out in their parking lots and in their garages and patios and whatnot. And nine times out of ten these fried turkey situations turn into an absolute nightmare. So I would, I personally would forego the choice of, of saying fried turkey is an option um, unless they were buying it from somewhere that was professionally preparing it. Cause it's, it's weird. Um, you know, it's weird. I on Thanksgiving three hours into the holiday, I was online just kind of thumbing through doing the social media bit. 
and I saw a story about uh, how someone uh, was frying a turkey on their patio. First off, that's a no-no. In an apartment complex, that's a double no-no. And uh, yeah, they the apartment complex went up, the entire thing. And uh, not only did it go up, but it ignited the two uh, apartments on the side, and it just left so many people homeless. Nobody was hurt, thank goodness. But I mean, that went all bad. I mean, people spent their holiday without a home. And, you know, I'm blessed to know that, like, again, people were able to survive that. But you just got to be smart about situations. And you I mean, I, I don't I personally don't think that you can read enough about frying a turkey to make it okay. You know, um, I think it's the same as like when, you know, there's, you know, like Fourth of July, you know, there's consumer uh, fireworks. And then you got people who want to get fireworks that are meant for, you know, casting off at a distance or, you know, from, uh, you know, just basically stuff that you shouldn't have in your house. And then these accidents happen, you know, and, you know, like I saw one video uh, of people doing these Roman candles and one flew into a window and hit a little girl in her face. And I just thought that was so unfortunate. And, you know, again, it's like you, you have to be mindful, you know, when you're trying to attempt something more than what you may be capable of, Uh you know, because I know that we all in our sense of being want to be the most professional. We want to be the most uh, accomplished. We want to be able to say that we did it. And that's all good and dandy. But, you know, don't run the risk, uh, you know, if you're you know, if you really, truly don't have a grasp on it, you know, um, because, yeah, you can you can endanger people and yourself and it'll, you know, be a bad way. But if you if you have fried turkey and you got it done safely. Awesome. 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 Um yeah, so that's that's uh, but, you know, most people that I polled online, they said they enjoy it baked, just straight up baked, which I I yeah, that's that's the way it's traditionally done. That's the way that I enjoy it. Um, You know, I, I the only thing I ever say is like as long as the person who cooked the turkey is taking the appropriate amount of time to prepare it, all is all is always going to be well. <laughs> that that's that's the bottom line for that. Um, So. The other thing I wanted to bring up outside of uh, ce- uh, celebrating our holiday and enjoying good turkey and good food and, and whatnot is um, I've actually been having a renewed sense of value in uh, something that's really not hit the public very well um, for multiple reasons. I've even been critical on on many levels, but I think that Google Stadia starting to do something a little different and I can't really point to what it is because I know with my latest episode you know I did uh the review on the cloud gaming and everything and as I stated before you know uh each one of the mediums as far as cloud gaming they definitely are all doing something different but I kind of like what Stadia has going um I so I've already made the executive decision that I was going to get my copy of Cyberpunk through Google Stadia. Um, And it's just because I want to be a force against the grain. It's not because I want to regret my decision later. It's like it's nothing like that. Um, I definitely think I'm going to have the same amount of fun as everyone else. Um, I just really believe in the direction of cloud gaming. And I and I definitely want to 
prove that by making an investment uh, into my belief. Now, what I what I've done prior to that um, or what I've done in light of that coming on is I've actually went and purchased another game. And, you know, like you, you don't necessarily need to purchase anything with Google Stadia because they give you a ton of games right off the right off the back. Now, they don't give you as many as uh, as Amazon Luna does, but they definitely give you a substantial amount. Now, again, the one thing that I think is really cool about Google Stadia is that they have a storefront and storefront is always cool because, you know, what we gamers like is choice. So um, how they got me, how they got their hooks in me is they actually have a really awesome Black Friday uh, uh, deal. They, you know, they, they got their splash page up for Black Friday and the games that they have on discount are insanely good, like insanely good. So, you know, you got your usual suspects that are trying to cash in in places that they couldn't. So definitely, you know, like uh, Marvel Avengers, uh, I believe is twenty nine ninety nine right now. Google Stadia um, Watch Dogs Legion is uh, 40 bucks on Stadia, which, again, that's a steal considering the game just released. Um, but I always take that as as a volume of this probably didn't hit as 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 hard as they wanted it to. So they're trying to make up uh, for lost traction. And so, yeah, but, um, Hey, I got a game that I was really enthusiastic about now here. Now here's something funny that I'm, I'm going to kind of bring out to you. So I just recently purchased Assassin's Creed Odyssey and I got the ultimate edition, which uh, regular price is 120 bucks and I got it for 20. So and and that was with the uh, $10 promotion that Google Stadia gives you. So that was just a double bargain. And uh, yeah, I am like having such a good time, such a good time. Now, I know the question. I know the question. Why would you get a Why would you get an older version of a series? Now, that, that may not be everybody's question, because, you know, bottom line, people will just say, play what you want to play, you know. But yeah, I mean, there is that there is that argument to be had. You know, they've just released uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, which focuses on the Viking Viking campaign and, uh, you know, how they went through history. And I'll tell you guys, as I've told close friends of mine, you know, when it comes to historical relevance, there's only so many different points in history that I find myself truly just, you know, excited about. And I don't know, like, I guess for me through time and growing up, I've just never learned enough about Vikings or, or the, you know, um, the Norse people. I, I've never learned enough. I just didn't learn enough. So I don't know as much about them uh, to get excited from a cultural stance, from a myth, from a, a mythos stance. There's just really nothing that I can grasp onto and say, yeah, I, I got to experience because I know we're going to run into that. You know, just I don't know. Um, but Odyssey uh, for me is a bigger game that I find myself more enthusiastic about because I love uh, I love Greek mythology and I love Greek history. Um, you know, like just everything about what I've learned 
in school transitioned into a video game. It, it was it, it was perfect. And I, I had the game before. And unfortunately, through circumstances, I had to get rid of it. But I just found like, hey, this is a good opportunity to jump back into something that I that I truly enjoy. And I've been like that through most of their titles. You know, it just it just depends on what you're enthusiastic about. Like a lot of people really wanted to uh, be a pirate. So Black Flag was their thing. Uh, some people wanted to be in colonial America. So, you know, three was their thing. Um, some people wanted to be in the French Revolution. So, you know, they they had Assassin's Creed for that. You know, like they it seems like they've had an Assassin's Creed for just about every major uh, historical um, point, you know, as far as history is concerned. And I now now me personally, I didn't like Origins. And the reason why is just because I just like I felt and, and it, it kind of it kind of serves in the same way with Odyssey because I'm I'm telling myself we're getting a little far away from the assassins mythos. You know, like how like are, are we still the the hooded assassins that have the marks that we're going to, you know, to assassinate and and kind of move the plot along. Um it just became harder to realize it in that sense. Um and, you know, like I, I think the last time that, that I that I had it in a believable way was uh, Syndicate, like Syndicate. I was like, oh, yeah, this is totally believable. You know, people walking around with hidden blades in their wrists and, you know, kind of a Gangs of New York style type gameplay. Like, yeah, it was pretty solid. And I haven't got that feel from Odyssey. But what's really funny is like I don't really think in Odyssey that's what I'm looking for. I think I'm just more in tune with just the historical context and learning more about something that I, that I enjoy than anything else. And I think that that would serve the same purpose for people who are playing Valhalla, because I, I do know since I've seen the trailers leading up to the, you know, the release of the game that, yeah, they do have an assassin's blade in it. Um, so it's available, but I don't know. Like, I, I mean, would that really primarily be the focus anymore as far as Assassin's Creed? I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But for me, I'm having a heck of a time with Odyssey. I, I uh, just purchased it last night and just had a ball uh, going through it. I still picked uh, Cassandra, um, you know, because now they give you the choices on whether you're going to be uh, a man or a woman. And uh, I chose Cassandra again. I, I don't know. Like, I just felt like her delivery um, in a lot of the dialogue was just really awesome the first time I played it. So I just kind of wanted to pick up where I left off. So, uh, there was that. And, uh, yeah, Google state has just been, they've been rocking, but you know, I will tell you this. So they, they did kind of mislead me, um, with the cyberpunk. Cause I know I said that I was going to get it, um, or that I am going to get it on stadia, but so here's the thing. I went ahead and I pre-ordered it. Right. And then I canceled my pre-order and here's why I canceled it because, the the they have a caveat and the caveat is you buy cyberpunk 2077 and you're going to get a free uh founders edition uh controller with the chromecast uh you know included 
But then once you and it isn't I, I well, maybe it is. Maybe I just didn't read the finer details, but I personally couldn't find the finer details until after I purchased it, which is where they tell you, hey, OK, so what's going to happen is you're going to get your game. And then upon you being charged for the game, that's when we'll send out your controller. So it's like, OK, what if what if Cyberpunk was the only experience I was going to have on Stadia and I didn't have another controller? So what you're telling me is you charge me $60 for the game and it's a steal to get a free controller. Don't get me wrong, but how long would I have to wait before I could actually play my game? That's the question. That's what it boiled down to. And yes, I do have a controller, but it's the principle of what that deal meant. So I, you know, I was more thinking like, okay, I'm going to press buy and they're going to go ahead and ship me the controller. And by the time the controller and everything gets here, Cyberpunk will be released and I'll have the Google Stadia controller in my hand. And that's not the fact. That's not the case. So there are things to be considered. I am still going to turn around and uh, pre-order it, but I'm just going to do it uh, more closer to the release date. Um, because at that point, it's like I'm just factoring out the fact that I'm not going to get the controller on time. And... I, you know, I can save my money for something else until until the game actually uh, is upon upon us. So day one, I'll definitely press by and have it on Stadia. Um, you know, a series that I've been up and down about in and out about has been uh, Call of Duty. So Call of Duty uh, just well, they've released it's not, not a while, but I mean, maybe a couple of weeks or so uh, they've released uh, Cold War. Uh, that's their new entry into the Call of Duty series. And, you know, I asked, you know, a lot of people online, like, yo, do you still play Call of Duty? Like, is it still a thing? And here, here's my here's my shake on it. Call of Duty in itself, they have evolved to tell really grand stories. And I think that, you know, in a vacuum, they they really are. um they really are an experience onto themselves. But I think what attracted people to experience Call of Duty, it just isn't that type of magic anymore. I think the people that are playing Call of Duty and that have been playing Call of Duty are the same exact people who may have been playing, you know, since the first one came out. And they, you know, maybe they consider themselves diehard fans but you know like for me i lost relevance with call of duty back in modern warfare 2 like that's when it like after modern warfare 2 i like i tried three and i was like okay yeah this isn't really going in the direction that i thought it would go you know the black ops games came out um you know those were whatever you know i experienced them but i never you know it wasn't like that exciting like oh my goodness I have to play this. I have to have this. Like, I think the last time that I actually had that I actually was hyped for a Call of Duty game and I and I bought into the hype was Black Ops 3. That was the last time I bought into the hype. And even then, I just decided like, yo, I, I don't, you know, because because the one thing that was becoming certain is that I wasn't playing the campaigns anymore. So like I like I was buying like the the last and, and again the last campaign that I played like completely played through was Modern Warfare two, no Call of Duty after uh, after that had I played the campaign none, none of them, none of them. So I devalued the the investment that I was making into these games by not 
participating in what should have been the larger point of, you know, the purchase. And and once over, I was playing these multiplayer modes that I was increasingly becoming bad at. So it was like, yo, I don't think that this sixty dollars is really the way to spend my money right now. Like and and I never looked back since I stopped. And, you know, I I let me tell you this. Activision and, uh, you know, Call of Duty in itself, they know how to ramp up interest and they know how to make people, you know, interested in the direction that they're going. I just don't think that it's enough and I don't think that it's the same. And it's really hard. And I know that there are people who are out there enjoying the campaign. And I know that there are people who, as they've always been, are enjoying the, you know, um, the multiplayer. And that's perfect. But like what I've what I've come to understand is that I'm never going to be as good at multiplayer as I may have been at one point in my life. Um so I don't, you know, I don't see, you know, that that usually factors in heavily on on my consideration towards investing into a Call of Duty. Now, I will always uh, invest in a Battlefield like Battlefield games are amazing. Now, I am um, I played uh, what was it? Battlefield five, I think, was the last one that I played. And the reason I like Battlefields over Call of Duty is just because I like I like situational games and I like uh, I like I like being a part of a squad that is responsible for their part. You know, like you feel like you're a part of something. And yes, you can play team deathmatch. But let's be real. Teams team deathmatch isn't the same as a squad like, you know, like you got your squad in a in a, you know, a unit of 30 uh, soldiers and you four you know, are responsible for your part. It's like, yo, I got to do it. You know, I got, you know, we got to, we got to do this. And, and, you know, and you take those responsibilities a little more seriously because, you know, like if you're a medic, you got to keep people alive. If you're a sharpshooter, then you need to stay, you know, as far away from the fight and, you know, and, and as lethal as, as you need to be when you're called upon. So there, so everything factors into everything, but with call of duty, it's just kind of like, you know, run, shoot, die, respawn, run, shoot, die, respawn. <laughs> and it, it's, it, I don't know. And then like, you try to be, you try to show some sportsmanship in Call of Duty's and I swear people, people are just not very uh, sportsmanlike, but you can, I guess you can lend that to age or something. And I guess I can lend it to my own. I mean, I'm old. So what do, what do I expect? Um, one of the last things I wanted to kind of bring up, um, I wanted to talk about Silent Hill. Like, I don't know why it was on my brain, um, but I was I was thinking about Silent Hill. And I think it's just because, you know, there are there are series and there are games that you pretty much know that you're going to get, you know, a reintroduction or or another chapter. You know, like they're never going to stop making Street Fighters. You know, they like the the time between when they make Street Fighters may change, but they're always going to make a Street Fighter. They're always going to make a Mortal Kombat. They're always going to make everything. But Silent Hill is like seriously one of those games where it hasn't been around or relevant for years. And and in in that there's there hasn't been anything to fill that void. Um, 
you know, with that said, I mean, there, yeah, there, there are plenty of horror titles, right? I mean, you got everything from Resident Evil, you know, you, well, I, I was going to say Fatal Frame, but they haven't made a Fatal Frame in forever. Um, you know, but, but there are other IPs that exist, but in those other ones that exist, you know, like your Alone in the Darks and your Clock Towers and stuff, we don't, we, we haven't cared about anything on the more psychological side as much as we cared for Silent Hill. And I really want to know what happened. Like, I really want to know what the plan is because it, it it's such a loss to gaming history to just say that one of the greatest psychological horror games ever created just flashed out like that. That's horrible. Like that to me is just horrible. Like I, I, I don't I don't even know how to feel about that. You know, because, well, I mean, I know how I feel about it. I'm, I'm mad. I'm upset. You know, like, I I know I talked about this on the Konami episode. And, you know, it's really unfortunate that they've taken the direction that they've taken. But I've actually had a dialogue recently on online. And, you know, people were talking about, you know, how, how much it sucked that Konami had done that. And I said, well, listen, it, it sucks for us as gamers. But it's the smartest business move for them as people who their goal is to substantiate a revenue stream. And that's it. It, Make money. That's it. Print money. And if, you know, if machines in casinos in Japan are the way that they can make money, you know, faster, you know, more frequent um, and more increasingly then why would they ever invest in making video games again? Because video games are an investment that you don't realize if you're going to recoup the invest, the, the initial investment. I mean, look at Marvel Avengers right now. Like they, they were not able to recoup the the cost of development. So that's going to have a really huge impact on, you know, the studio, um, the publisher of the game, the developers, it's it's all going to, you know, trickle down because at the end of the day, all of that stuff is connected. But when you think about Silent Hill, like was Silent, did Silent Hill ever get that bad? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I could I could tell you right now that. I never I never played Homecoming. I never played Downpour. Most of the reason that I didn't play those games was because I didn't have the systems that they were available on. So, you know, there that, that's pretty much how that ended up, you know, not occurring for me. And, you know, like I it wasn't something that in in the later years where, you know, I did have systems available. It wasn't like I was like clamoring to go back and play them i think what i realized you know when i was looking at it from a distance was oh these are these are coming off a little bit different because what what i learned was that they were more action oriented which you know you can take that however you want it but i don't know like i i I think that i think that for every game that you know 
has a hiccup or has a point where they've become a bit stagnant. I mean, we've watched it. We've seen it happen. Assassin's Creed did it. Assassin's Creed had had gotten stagnant um, by the middle point of them releasing games. Like after three, they just started to kind of lose their way and they, you know, they took a little time off. I think they, I think they, I think it was like a two year break between, um, origins and the last game that they released before that. And, and it, and it was regarded as a resurgence in the series. We've seen, uh, Mortal Kombat do it. Mortal Kombat heck was was completely going to fall on their face. And they took a break and then they came back with Mortal Kombat you know which you know Mortal Kombat 9. And they reinvented themselves. You know like that like so it can be done. And I and I definitely think that and, and and before I even go in my thoughts, you know, we'll we'll address, you know, the elephant in the room like, yes, Konami completely shot themselves in the foot by not allowing Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro to flesh out and complete, you know, uh, Silent Hills, which, uh, as many of you know, was the PT or playable teaser, or playable trailer, or whatever you want to call it. Uh yeah, they they kind of shot themselves in the foot. But that said, there's been enough time between then and now to where there's nothing left but to do it. There's nothing left but to give us the game that we deserve. But I but but I also I also have a little fear because you know, we we as gamers in our fickle minds, you know, like I, I would hate to see them say, you know what, we 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 hear you, we we want to make you guys happy, you know, we've been developing it, um, yes, we do it, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like I, you know, I, I would hate for that to happen, and then we don't appreciate what came of it, because that that's the possibility, because because we're you know in this society now we're all hypercritical. And everybody's a game reviewer now. So it's like, you know, and and I, I think that's where we kind of lose our way, because I think that with our separate opinions, we really aren't allowing uh, the unbiased nature of true journalism to, like, be present in our opinion, because we're not not all of us are journalists. You know, like I'm not a journalist. That's why I tell people straight up. I don't review games. I just talk about them. <laughs> you know, like I don't I, I am never going to come at you and tell you that you know, this is the number scale or the star scale. Like I, like I'll, what I usually will say is if I had to review this game or if I did review this game, this is what it would be. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend to be an authority in any case in point, but I think so many people try to do that, that if you did release a silent Hill today and people wanted to use their hyper criticism, it, it, it I don't think it would be as good. I think people would would skewer it. Uh, to be honest, to be truly honest, I think it would get skewered. And I mean, it, there there's some games that have been able to dodge that bullet, like the Resident Evil Two remake. They could have got skewered. They could have, you know, 
people could have come at that and said, oh, yeah, they they totally ignored the origin of their of the, the original game. And no, I mean, they could have done it with Final Fantasy Remake. But I but but you know why you know why I'm happy it didn't happen with Final Fantasy Remake? Because if it did, and I know that these 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 you know reviewers, I know they know this. If you slam something that you know is that personable to the people that are making it, they won't make anymore. They just won't. They'll just stop. If if we if we didn't appreciate the first chapter of the Final Fantasy VII remake, they wouldn't they they would be like, okay, you know what, we're yeah, we're gonna just stop there. We're just gonna give you guys the Midgar story, and that's it. Cause what? Cause what will be the point of releasing any more of it? Yeah, the the point would be to complete the story. But you know, if if you already think it's mediocre, then what's the point? You know, it's like it's like reading a kid a book before bed. If he tells you the the story's boring or it's too scary, do you keep reading it? No, you just close the book or you ask them what else do they want to hear or what you know whatever. It's the same thing. <laughs> so I'm I'm you know I I hope. What I always hope is that us as gamers we just give everything a fair chance and we don't judge every single you know release and every single um effort that gamers put out we don't judge it on its shortcomings we judge it on its merits the things that it does right the things that it does best you know and i mean we can sometimes sometimes the shortcomings that a person points out that's why like i really don't listen to reviews because the shortcomings that people point out sometimes i don't even notice or i don't even care you know we all make mistakes and things are not perfect and i wouldn't expect anything to be perfect so i don't know what else what else am i going to say so i guess that's uh my my take on uh <laughs> on video games and sequels and, and, you know, essentially us talking about call of duty. Um, you know, I may, may, maybe, maybe what call of duty needs to do is just take a little bit of time off, take about two years off and then come back and do another game. Like they, I, I remember when they, they sort of reinvented themselves and they came back, they came out with world war two and that was just supposed to be a big thing. And, you know, like, I don't know, like it, it was, it was a cool effort, but I think that they need to do more. I think there's something that needs to be done. Um, and hopefully they find a way to do it because yeah, they, they're telling good stories, um, from what a lot of their trailers tell, but from me as a person who decided that the campaign is not as important as it used to be, I think they need to start going back to that drawing board and finding a way to get people reinvested. So, yeah, um, now on to the part of the podcast that, uh, that I've been waiting for. A lot of people may have been waiting for it as well is the cyberpunk 2077 giveaway um today is the day as promised that uh we're going to announce the winner and it's actually pretty cool because uh, you know like the first uh the first few um the first few contests i've done i've literally like taken names and put them in a hat and rolled a hat around and pulled out a name like that and today i was just so lazy but also kind of uh interested in you know, I was like, they probably got an app for that. So they do. And I downloaded this app and I put all the contestants names in it. And I mean, I just spun the wheel. And, you know, like I, I was trying to make it a big grand thing when I spun it because they were having me enter the names and stuff. And the button just said spin and it spun it and gave me the ta-da sound. And yeah, 
we had our winner right then and there. So the winner of Cyberpunk 2077 giveaway is uh, on Twitter as Assimilate. So Assimilate, uh, congratulations. You are the winner of the Cyberpunk 2077 giveaway. Um, I will be contacting you or I will have already contacted you by the time this hits um, the podcast uh, uh the line or whatever you want to call it the airwaves <laughs> by the time you guys are hearing this uh the winner will be contacted and uh yeah we'll get you your free stuff and um as said before in the rules if you don't get back to me within 24 hours 24 hours i'm gonna have to choose another winner so just make sure that you respond uh with all the necessary information and we'll get you your copy sent right over so again congratulations um thank you guys Thank you once again for another uh, cool episode. Really, again, I appreciate coming around and uh, giving you guys what I like to consider more of the greatness. So um, with that being said, again, I want to wish everybody a very happy holiday. Hopefully you guys are being safe. Um, hopefully you guys are uh, being smart, you know, keeping yourselves in uh, situations that are not going to compromise you or your family because COVID is still out there. It's still real. And holiday season, as much as you want to be around family, uh, just be smart about it, okay? Uh, so with that being said, guys, take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye.